Why are Latinas so mad? Why must women of color take everything so personal? It's not that deep. These are the type of comments that you might see underneath a post of an Anglo-featured, palm-colored, basically influencer, cookie-cutter-looking, white American female who are using terms like spa water to represent a cool new anti-inflammatory drink that they just found on TikTok, or maybe they are wearing a very sleek hairstyle, tight pulled back ponytail with some small chunky gold hoops, and calling themselves part of the clean girl aesthetic. Or maybe they just hopped on the infamous Hailey Bieber's brownie glaze lip gloss look. And like I said before, in the comment section, you're going to see tons of people basically accusing women of color of overreacting. And I know if you're brown like me, no matter what shade of brown that you are, You've probably seen this somewhere online. If you haven't, in a nutshell, I'll explain to you what the uproar is as of late. Um, I think Haley Bieber um, previously made a name Haley Baldwin. Um, might be getting the blunt edge of this stick, to be completely honest. But as of late, there have, within the last year, but for sure more than that, but definitely the the heat of all this has really risen since the spa water situation. Um, if you're not familiar, um, on TikTok, things are, you know, trend culture is very prevalent on TikTok, meaning when some type of hashtag or some phrase or some um, transition or filter is hot, it, it's a very short-lived, but it's really hot. Like the algorithm boosts that type of content, whatever's trending. And for quite some time, the clean girl aesthetic has been super trendy online, especially on TikTok. Uh, Girls uh, mimicking each other's style, um, which really mostly is slick back ponytails and buns, um, short chunky uh, gold hoops, very minimal makeup, that very no makeup makeup look, heavy on the gloss and mascara, but very light on the skin, eyeshadow and all that stuff. In in an, in a nutshell, it really makes people look younger and fresher. Um, and a lot of people see it as very classy, very uh, sleek. And overall, I think the main point is to to see minimalist this natural beauty thing this the the trend of like very heavy dark um in your face makeup is starting to die down not saying that nobody likes it just that and there's always going to be communities that love it and will never go any other way the drag community is always going to be um into that scene of course but as of late um definitely 
the then even in lash i'm a lash artist um, even in the lash extension world lash lifts and classic lashes have really hit a rise a lot of girls are going back to their natural hair color i'm sure anyone who's a hairstylist can attest to that uh, we're getting just a rise of you know trends come and go history repeats itself when it comes to fashion and makeup and beauty so we're getting a lot of nudes back in as far as uh, when it comes to nail techs so uh, french tips are huge right now again also an old uh, old school kind of uh staple in the nail trends so just b- natural beauty in general has been coming back so it's no um it's no question why this clean girl aesthetic has really hit it big at this time you know we've all remember those girls in high school no matter what year you went to high school there was the preppy girls who wore the button-up shirts and you know very minimal makeup but heavy on the gloss so this isn't anything that's new it's just a lot more trendy with the younger crowd right now um but and then the other, so that's clean girl aesthetic. Uh, spa water was something that really recently surfaced within the last like three months or so, three to six months. Spa water was also a trend set forth by like mommy bloggers and um, day in the life of influencers online, again, predominantly on TikTok, who do like day-to-day recipes like, oh, check out this new recipe I found. And one of the recipes, I don't know exactly where it originated, where the, where the term spa water came from, but if you've ever been to a day spa for a facial or a massage and all that, um, typically they in, in the little area where you put your robe on, there's going to be um, or maybe in the area where like the jacuzzi is it just depends what scale of spa you're attending. But if you're attending a day spa, there's usually an area where they have some coffee or tea as well as water that's usually infused with some type of f- a fruit or vegetable like um, berries or cucumbers or mint, something of that uh, effect, you know, it's anti-inflammatory and thing, and it has antioxidants depending on what they put in it. So, from my knowledge of going to spas, that's spa water. Um, it kind of sounds gross when you think about it. If you hear spa water, you might think like the water from the jacuzzi or something. It sounds disgusting, but spa water is essentially just the water that you drink when you're at the spa that's infused with like fruits and berries and stuff. Well, this new trend on TikTok came out where these girls were making their own versions of spa water, their own type of anti-inflammatory drink. And basically it's water. Uh, What they do is they blend some type of fruits or vegetables. They completely blend it to a pulp. They add some type of sweetener, whether that's sugar, agave, uh, something of that nature. And then they're mixing it with ice and water. And if you know anything about the Mexican culture, and I'm sure that there's other Hispanic Latino cultures that have something similar. Um, but in the Mexican culture, we call that aguas So this is basically just this. It's exact same thing. It's just a fresh version of water. If you've ever gone to a Mexican restaurant to order a burrito or tacos or something, and you say, I'll just take a water, especially if you say it in Spanish, if you say, you know, get un agua, more than likely they're going to ask you, um, you know, do you want horchata? Do you want um, jamaica? They're going to ask you what type of water you're asking for. And you might have been in that situation before if you're not fluent in Spanish and been like, what? I just, I just want a water. And I've seen it so many times with my friends. And so they're asking you what kind of water, what kind of fresh water are you looking to have? Do you want it infused with um, hibiscus 
flour? Do you, are you looking for it to be infused with cucumber? Are you looking for it to be infused with watermelon? Sandia, uh, all of the sandia is my favorite personally. But the point is that that is something that is so deeply rooted in our culture that it, it comes naturally to servers and people who are working at Mexican restaurants. But then you have to tell them that you just want bottled water. And so, um, that's that's the whole point here is that it's something that's deep rooted in our culture. So when people started coming out and saying, oh, my new spa water recipe, check out this spa water recipe. It, it, it was kind of like a slap in the face. Um, it's like taking something from um, from another. I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm very ignorant to many other cultures. But let's say you took something from an Asian culture, maybe a specific sauce that they make that's very specific to the Middle East, okay? I, I can't think of one because I'm not um, familiar and not educated on it, but let's say there's a specific sauce and you find out about it through somebody from the Middle East who um, who you follow on TikTok and they're making it and you look at it and you're like, oh my God, I want to make that. So you make it at home and maybe you slightly alter it. Maybe instead of, you know, lemons, you use limes. Instead of using lemon zest, you use orange zest. And maybe you use um, a different kind of, you know, cream base. I, I don't really know. Again, I'm not, I'm not a, I didn't go to culinary art school. But let's say you slightly alter it, but basically it's the exact same thing. You go on TikTok and you share it with the world and say, hey guys, look at this new sauce I came out with. I'm going to call it uh, creamy peanut butter um, sauce, creamy peanut butter sauce. I, I don't know. I'm just, you know, just throwing a name out there. If you and then you go start showing people the recipe and you blow up on TikTok, that is such a disgrace and so disrespectful to the culture that you essentially poached that recipe from. I understand you put your own spin on it. I understand you're using your own unique products, but ultimately it's the same thing. And so this is where the frustration lies. It's not so much, you know, you get a lot of people saying, well, you know, at least they are, you know, drinking fruit with water, you know, why should it matter where it started from? And I think when you lack culture and you lack tradition and you weren't raised with things that meant something to you on a molecular level, something that was passed down to you, um, it, when you, when you don't know what that feels like, I could understand why people might wonder what's the big deal. However, it is a big deal to people who grew up. You have to understand that people who, whether they're, you know, in Mexico or in the United States, their culture is a lot of times all that they have. I don't know if you're aware of this, but Mexico is still considered a third world country. And a lot of people come and migrate to the United States, whether that's legally or illegally. But people come to the United States for opportunities for growth and to expand and to for safety a lot of times and stability, security. They don't come here to, um, to forget their past. They come here for a better future. And so what you have to recognize is that if you were not familiar with the fact that spa water, and there's a lot of um, influencers who just had no idea. They lack um, knowledge and they're uneducated. The truth is that they're ignorant. And I know that's a very difficult word for people to hear, especially to accept as your own. I'm aware that I'm ignorant to certain things and cultures and backgrounds. And so that's why I don't speak on them. That's why I don't try to 
pretend like I know what I'm talking about. And if I am wrong about something and someone educates me, I'm happy to apologize. I'm happy to ask more questions so I can understand better. Um, the last one was this, um, Hailey Bieber brownie glaze lip gloss trend that recently within the last like couple of weeks surfaced, um, Hailey Bieber, if you don't know, has her own line of skincare and, um, she's working with a lot of different brands. Um, right now she's really hot on TikTok and, uh, really trending in the influencer space, especially in the beauty world. Um, she had, she even had a trend of like a nail style where it was like this sheer pink color with like a pearlescent, uh, shimmer on top. And that was really trending. So again, very ties in with that minimalist, sleek, classy trend that's going around. Um, but the one that really put a lot of, um, Latinas over the edge was when she was on live one day and she was doing her, you know, everyday get ready with me makeup. And she used a really dark lip liner. Typically speaking, in American beauty, um, you're using a lip liner that's very similar to your lip color and then, you know, using a lipstick that's also very similar. Or if you're going for a darker look, you're using a dark lip liner with a very similar colored, similar shade and toned lipstick and lip and then maybe a clear gloss or whatever gloss on top. But the point is typically people are choosing two lip, a lip liner and a lipstick that blend pretty well together and if they're not they they actually take the time to blend them together that's the typical what we've seen in american beauty standards for quite some time for decades now and so for Haley to be using a super dark lip color and overlining her lips and then using um lip color in the middle the gloss or, or the lipstick that's many shades too light for her lip color essentially creating intense contrast between the two um and not blending them together in a way that really creates like this dark outer line and shadow around her lips is something that is not even reminiscent I wouldn't even say reminiscent of um you know 60s 70s 80s 90s latina culture and 90s grunge but it's extremely it's honestly a replica of if you like again if you're of latina descent hispanic descent women of color we have black women who have been doing the same thing for many years um women of color in general have been doing this for decades and for reasons other than just to be trendy, for reasons other than just because they like the way it looks. Uh, for many women of color over decades, they have not had the luxury of doing what they want with their makeup, with their hair, simply out of um, desire. And it's not out of trend. The reason Many of the reasons why the, our, our culture has done the people, you know, our traditions that have been passed down to us is out of necessity to survive and is truly just necessity. And so that's where the disconnect happens. Again, I know I'm veering off. I really wanted to describe what these different things were and why they're so huge. Um, I'm going to explain to you now where, why people are so frustrated. Why are people um, retaliating and attacking Hailey Bieber and attacking these mommy bloggers and influencers 
who, you know, just didn't know. And, and that's the common message. Well, I just didn't know. Thank, you know, thank you for educating me. And, um, I'm definitely not before I, before I just, you know, go into everything, I really want to explain that I do not condone cancel culture. This like aggressive, um, cancel culture, this cult culture that we've really created over the last, uh, 10 years or so is really not something I condone. It's not something I encourage and it's not something that I participate in. I do. You will never find a uh, comment of mine where I'm bashing a celebrity for something that I don't agree with. You will never hear of me, um, you know, having a disagreement with somebody in the beauty industry, myself, now that we are growing in the industry, particularly in the lash industry, you will never hear of me having a disagreement with somebody or going my separate ways from somebody who I thought would be a good colleague or a friend, you would never hear me pulling the, um, you know, putting them out and whistleblowing and trying to get them canceled, using my minority status as a tool to rally people up, rally minorities up. Because at the end of the day, I'm fully aware of the power that I hold as a minority. I'm a, I, I'm, so my degree is in sociology, you guys, and I am so aware of the way that pressure builds up over decades and centuries of oppression. For generations, my family has experienced different levels of um, discrimination, racism, poverty, adversity in ways that even I can't imagine. I've experienced such a tiny amount in comparison to the way my parents, my grandparents, my great grandparents, my aunts, uncles, cousins have experienced due to the way they look, the way they talk, the way they dress, where they lived, what kind of jobs they had. I, I can't even compare. So I don't even try to. But because of that buildup over centuries of, again, adversity, oppression, because of that, it, it develops pressure. And if you know anything about the Mexican culture, just the brown women, uh, people of color in general, it's extremely part of our cultures to keep our head down and be quiet. It, I mean, if you know anything about what, you know, what women are like, um, and particularly in Mexico, as far as, you know, people who come from poverty, it's very much so day in and day out, get up, no matter how tired you are, no matter how poor you are, no matter how you don't know how you're going to make ends meet every single day, you get up, you work hard, you show up, you don't call in sick, you don't make excuses. It doesn't matter if you have a uh, aching tooth pain. It doesn't matter if one of your arms is going numb. It doesn't matter if one of your eyes is going out of sight. It doesn't matter. We all have a relative or a friend that we know personally that has just pushed through working in the fields, you know, um, doing these crazy laborious jobs is really not what we were meant to do. It's not healthy for humans, but yet they've pushed through for centuries. Okay. So it's in our culture to sh put up and shut up, just keep our head down and keep pushing, you know, don't make noise, don't stand out, don't be loud, just kind of keep going and, and it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Right. That's really what our culture has. You know, this is many immigrant cultures because when you're an immigrant, you don't, you don't want to be quote, sent back to where you're from. You don't want to be 
um, you're trying to just make as much progression as you can so that your children and their children can experience a better life. So that's always been the, the common theme is to just be quiet. And over time, that pressure builds up in people. And so it's only a matter of time before people are, are fed up and they've had enough. You've been there. We've all been there. We've all been to the point where we're just like, I can't take it anymore. I've been being quiet. I've been putting my feelings aside. I've been, you know, allowing this behavior that I just can't anymore. And so from, from my perspective, that's where I see is happening right now. These people of color who have just been treated in a way that was less than, um, less than fair for so long, they're fed up. They're over it. They're like, okay, you know, we've allowed you to, you know, to hold us back from certain careers. We've allowed you to uh, ridicule the way we look and the way we dress. I mean, how many years were black women told how they can have their hair? Like what kind of hairstyles they could wear in professional settings? Like what there's so much that's built up over time and these trends just in our face every single day when what you have to understand is it's not that white girls are wearing the lip look of the dark lip liner and lip gloss that's not what it is it's not that white people are drinking aguas fresas that's not the problem the problem is that you're adapting something that has been in a culture for centuries and then renaming it. And it's very reminiscent of Christopher Columbus. This is very, this is giving very Christopher Columbus. It's giving very much um, colonizer energy. And I know that word and that phrase is like so kind of watered down at this point because some of the people on TikTok who um, who overuse it and then overuse their platforms and power to then do the very thing that they say they're against. I understand that. But this is the reality. If you know anything about the history of the United States, I don't, I'm not a, I'm not a history scholar, so I'm not going to go, I'm not going to try to pretend like I know dates and, and names. But one thing I do know is that there were native, native Americans, native people living in the United States before these European travelers came in and took over and claimed this land as their own. And everyone knows that. This isn't a secret. This is an opinion, right? We're aware of that. Of course, the, the, the white people that live in America today are not at fault for what, you know, these people did so many centuries ago. However, it is your, our responsibility as people living in damn near 2023 to recognize when we are taking something from another culture and pretending that we invented it or we started it. I, I know what, what some people might be thinking. Well, you know, you can't gatekeep lip colors. You can't gatekeep, uh, you know, drinks. You can't gatekeep a fashion style. You're right. You can't gatekeep those things. However, there are certain things that come off very hypocritical and just very ignorant when you're not paying homage to the people who have been doing it for for at least decades. And you might wonder, well, why is it hypocritical to, you know, wear a sleek back bun and small chunky hoops and, um, you know, a button up white top? What's so, what is so hypocritical? How is that disrespectful? And that's a common question that I saw in the 
comment section of some of these videos. And I'll explain to you really briefly. I know I mentioned, I touched on this earlier, but I want to explain it a little further. That look and those spa, those, um, spa waters, those, um, the brownie glaze lip gloss look, those were not out of like, again, out of desire or out of just expression. Those were out of necessity in order to, um, in order to look beautiful, right? Because we've ha you have all these light color shades of foundation and light concealers and you have all these light, um, lip gloss colors that were designed for white women who could afford um, this expensive makeup in order to attempt to to basically enhance their features the colors that were available and it's still a struggle it is still a struggle for women of color predominantly black women who who tend to have deeper complexions they're still struggling to find um foundations, powders, concealers, color correctors that, you know, that help their specific skin, um, issues. So in 2022, it's still a problem for them. So imagine 50 years ago for women of color, trying to line their lips, trying to, um, accentuate their lip colors. There was no browns. There was no, uh, caramel. What do they call them now? Um, uh, caramel or no, what's the common one that I see all the time? Um, um, and I'm drawing a blank nutmeg or whatever. There was no medium Browns. It was pink or which there was pink, red, and dark Brown for your eyebrows and eyeliner and black. Those were the colors that existed. So Latinos weren't trying to be grunge or emo or punk rock. They were working with what they had and they didn't exactly have access to all the blending brushes in the world. You know, if they were lucky, they had some Q-tips, at least speaking from my family's history. Like that's what I saw in my mom's bag was those little eyeshadow sponge, little sticks, some Q-tips and, and, that, those were the tools that she had. She didn't have all these different levels of blending brushes and stuff. I'm sure she couldn't afford that stuff because she was on a budget and maybe didn't even have access to those. They didn't sell those in the grocery store. They didn't sell those at um, Mervyn's or Kmart, which were the stores that we had immediate access to. These might have been for sale in bigger department stores like Nordstrom's or something. But again, we didn't have those anywhere near us. And even if we did, I can almost guarantee you that the women in my family couldn't afford it anyways. So they were working with what they had, again, out of necessity. And you might think, well, makeup's not a necessity. Well, easy for you to say, but when you're coming to America and you're trying to get in the workforce and you're trying to make a first good impression, you're doing your best with what you have. When it comes to the clean girl aesthetic, again, that whole the whole vibe of luxury, sleek, classy, minimalist, that's very trendy right now. Well, when you look back into the culture of Latinos, when they came here and they were trying their best to assimilate they're trying to blend in so that they wouldn't, um, you know, stand out and be made fun of and ridiculed. They were having to be resourceful. And the fact that they were wearing slick back buns has way more to do with assimilating, trying to, their hair is typically very curly, very coarse, very thick and voluminous. And guess what? That, that hair is not going to, 
assimilate or blend in, you are going to stand out with that big, beautiful, well, those big, beautiful curls that is very common in, um, you know, Latin descended people. So not only that, but a lot of the jobs that Hispanic women and men were doing were, guess what? Laborous jobs, sweaty jobs in a lot of times outside and guess what? You know, lawn work, um, field workers, house cleaners, so many. Oh my God. My friend made a joke. I know I've been really serious up to this point, but my friend made a joke. She was like, Oh, why do they call it clean girl aesthetic? Because it was the girls cleaning their house. Like it's funny. I can laugh. If you're white, you can't laugh. But like, I, it's funny in a way that's painful. Like it's funny, but it's not, it's hurtful. It's sad. She's Mexican too, by the way. So she can say it as well, but it's, it's, I know that's not, I'm pretty sure that's not the reason. The reason is because it looks like very clean and chic. But when you think about why they had their hair pulled back and why it was slicked down and why they were wearing white button ups and why look at watch any novella, you're going to see somebody with that very look. Yes. You're also going to have a lot of women with their, um, extremely, um, curvy bodies, accentuated, you know, sex symbols. Basically that's another, that's a whole nother conversation. Um, but you're going to see a lot of the girls, especially of like teenage age, like that are in private school or, Universidad, like if they're going to the uni, then you're going to notice that they're wearing very similar looks. Um, it's a, it's kind of a symbol of like youth and, um, just like coming of age. So this is something that's, you know, not just a trend. It's, it's a tradition. It's, it's a staple in the fashion and the beauty world of, um, Latin culture. But, Again, it wasn't just a trend. It's actually from necessity. It's actually from, you know, the resources that they had. And when you um when you just use it and you kind of dress up like that, it can seem to somebody who maybe was ridiculed and made fun of for that stuff. You know how many times people at my school, I went to a school that actually had a lot of white people. Um beach people because I live in beach city, so they're typically a little bit less tightly wound up typically they're a little bit more laid back as far as the adults go but kids you know it's different um where I grew up like there's a lot of blonde haired blue and green eyed kids um that would go to church camp every summer and you know lived a very different lifestyle than I did and when they would see my mom pick me up with her big poofy hair and her poofed up um curled bangs in the front and her lip liner and her long um French tip nails, like thin eyebrows, sometimes, you know, blue eyeshadow. When, when they saw them with the chunky highlights, the chunky blonde highlights, you remember those when they would see my mom, you know, I would see them stare. I would see them whisper when my dad would pick me up in his sparkly low rider, uh, or his, one of his classic cars, like, and that made that big, you know, boom, that big noise. It sounds like a, I think it's a backfire. Uh, when you would hear that, when they would see that, it would get attention and I would get a lot of attention and I'm not going to lie. Like I hated it. I hated the attention that I got. I hated that people knew that my dad used to do, um, illicit things. I hated that people associated me 
with that gangster culture, chola, cholo, like those were bad words growing up to me. Like they hurt my feelings because people weren't saying it out of respect. My classmates weren't saying, oh my God, that's so cool. Your dad's a homie. Like that wasn't the sentiment that they gave. The sentiment was, oh, her dad's a homie. Her mom's a homegirl. Her mom's a, a, a chola or a hood rat. Like those were the kind of words that were hurtful and painful for me as a kid because when you're a kid you don't want to stand out you're not trying to be different you're trying now when you grow up it's the irony is that's all you want to do is be different and not blend in but when you're a kid everything is about blending in looking like your peers and just fitting in really and that was not what i did that is not my family did not blend in my family didn't not in the school that i went to and it just brings back so much like hurt and pain when I think about the way my mom and my aunts and my uncles dress and then like seeing on TV, right? This is a big part of it is mainstream media is like watching movies and seeing guys named Hector and girls that were like depicted like every girl that looked like my mom in every movie that was ever existed as a kid was acting like a clown or a bimbo or a prostitute or a drug addict or a a junkie like anyone that looked like the people that I admired and loved the people who picked me up from school the people who taught me how to ride a bike like those people were depicted as clowns and jokers and so when you when you grow up basically hiding, trying to hide who you are and like everything that you know and love and all your traditions are made to seem like poverty and, um, and ghetto. And that's like the main word that you hear when people describe your family. God. Sorry, I had to take a second and step away, um, but I'm back now. I, I didn't mean to cry. I didn't plan to cry. Even when I was writing my notes on what I was going to cover in this podcast, like, I didn't think I'd be so emotional, but it just brings up a lot for me, and I'm sure it does for you guys, too, in different ways. I know we all, Brown has so many different, um, you know, sections, um, subsections. You can be Brown and have different experiences with adversity and oppression and, and um, and so you might have a different look outlook on things, but overall it's the same. It's, it all comes back to the same, like, you know, seeing what the people that you love and, and the people that you admire and the people who have molded you into who you are, seeing them be portrayed a certain way for so many decades and then, um, and, and seeing the things that they overcome and how they stayed strong. Like you just grow to admire your, uh, the people in your family before you so much. And so for them to go through everything they went through and be called all the names that they've been called. And, you know, to, if you're anything like me who was brought up in a home that really stressed assimilation, there's a reason my name is Ashley. There's a reason I went to school with white kids. There's a reason for everything my family did was to keep me safe. And to know that those sacrifices they made, it just makes them all that much more saints in my book. And then now after so many years, they've changed and they've changed the way they wear the makeup. They've changed the way they talk. They've gotten rid of their accents. They've, you know, forced themselves to basically erase their own culture to a, to a sense. And then to have bits and pieces of the same culture that they erased to come back in the form of somebody else calling it a different name. 
you can only imagine what that feels like. And I just want to explain that to people who are not understanding what is so infuriating, what is so emotion invoking, why are people so mad, right? This is why. It's because it's decades and centuries of oppression. And then it's we're supposed to just sweep it under the rug and pretend it never happened, right? And then you want to bring back our traumas. You want to bring back the things that that are the people in our family have spent years trying to forget and the pain that they've been trying to sweep under the rug. Remember, like I said, keep your head down and don't, you know, don't start any trouble. Don't make noise. Well, after so many years of that, and then you want to come and bring the shit back into their faces. It's, it's just like, um, it's just a, a real slap in the face. But one thing I didn't want this to be a rant, you know, get angry, um, episode. I really, really, really wanted to make sure that this episode stayed um, on track. And I really want to talk to all my Latinas, all my women of color, whether you're Hispanic, black, um, Puerto Rican, whatever it is that you are, um, Port, uh, I'm sorry, Brazilian. I want to say that there's so much more to the story than people just trying to pick on us and trying to steal our culture. There's nothing wrong with adapting our culture. We want our culture to live on forever. If you're anything like me, you've you've been trying to embrace your culture more and more. Um, even if your family maybe is still afraid to do so because of their traumas and the things that they've experienced. If you're anything like me, you want our culture to live on. So I understand your frustration. I understand why you'll be upset with people, um, who are ignorant and refuse to do the work and refuse to acknowledge where, um, their trends are coming from. I understand the frustration, but one thing we cannot do is shame people and get angry. We can't allow their hypocrisy and their ignorance and their overall just lack of caring to change our character and change our heart. Like, it's so easy to just lash out and say, you know, um, F you and let's cancel you because you hurt our feelings or you're ignorant. I have had so many uncomfortable conversations with ignorant people who are completely blind and refuse to recognize the privilege that they have. But I'm here to tell you guys something right now. If you're listening to this podcast, you have a smartphone or maybe you have a computer, you have access to the internet. If you're listening to this podcast, you speak English because you're listening to me right now. If you're listening to this podcast, you're more than likely on social media, which means you probably have a job to pay for your cell phone bill or your Wi-Fi, which means you probably more than likely have a car or at least some access to regular transportation. If you're listening to this right now, you are privileged too. We are privileged. All of us are. So we, we have to be empathetic to people because even we are not completely aware of the, the adversity that our parents and our grandparents experienced. We couldn't even have lasted probably a day in their shoes. So we're not perfect and we're not, we're not completely um, immune to being privileged and not recognizing our privilege sometimes too. I know even if you may have an accent, even if maybe you struggled and people made fun of you, you're still privileged too in your own way. And so it's not our job to yell at people and tell them how they should live their lives. But what it is our job to do is to stand up and show out 
for us, we don't, we can't live our lives trying to tell people how to live their lives. I've tried. I've tried working with people and getting them to see what they're doing and the way that they're exploiting people, pretending to be inclusive, but in actuality, they're exploiting. There's a lot of companies who pretend to be inclusive and they're owned by wealthy white people who don't even know diversity if it slapped them in the face. They wouldn't, they wouldn't understand what it, tr- what it truly means to come from diversity if you spelled it out for them. And these same people own these huge companies that you've heard of, these huge brands that you, that you are supporting day in and day out, and they, you think they're inclusive because they use pictures of black and brown and Asian people in their marketing materials. But the reality is, if you actually got to know some of these people, they're some of the most racist, hypocritical, ignorant people that you've ever met. And so you have to understand that there is no way to change the way those people think. Do you think it's a coincidence that Hailey Bieber called it the brownie glazed lip? I can almost, I would almost bet you a month of my sal- my salary from my income that that she didn't even make that name up. She, you know, and I know there's some people arguing and I'll touch on it that her mom is Brazilian and I definitely agree with that. I'm sure she grew up seeing since her mom is a Latina herself and her mom was actually born in Brazil. Her dad's a Brazilian um, musician. I guarantee you she has aunts and cousins and her even her mom probably wore that, you know, traditional Latina lip color lip or lip uh, style. But that's irrelevant. The point here is that she probably didn't even think of that herself. She's a puppet. Most celebrities and influencers are puppets. They're being told what to wear. They're being told what to say. They're being told when to go live. They're being told when to post. They're not even creating their posts. They're not even commenting back to you. You think they are, but they're not. They're just puppets here to influence us to try and connect with the minorities who are now honestly the majority. Minorities are no longer the minority. We're the majority. We take up so much of small business is owned by every year it's getting more and more hispanics are growing more and more in the entrepreneur space they're growing they're we're in freaking space we have a mexican born immigrant for in space you guys like if you don't know who cat voltage look her up she is making waves for the mexican community and so we are expanding and in cat in katya's words we don't have to stay at home anymore we can do whatever we want, but what we can't do is tear other people down. And if you get anything from this podcast, I'm sorry I keep crying, but it's like so emotional for me because I've keep, I've came so many, I've, I've grown so much and owning a business has done so much for me, so much healing. And if one thing I've learned is we cannot, stoop down to the level of people who have continuously ridiculed, oppressed us. We have to rise above. That's how we've gotten this far. The reason that we have Latinas in space, the reason that the entrepreneur um, community is growing with women of color is because we have persevered, not because we've subdued to the, the adversity. If we give up and we just yell and we throw fits and we point fingers nobody wins all we do is further prove their um their 
message that Mexicans and people of color are emotional and weak and um, feisty, spicy Latinas. Like, I am so tired of hearing that already. I'm so tired of people saying that, you know, I'm a spicy Latina or I'm a feisty, you know, um, Mexican girl. Like, I am so much more than that. I'm powerful. I'm educated. I'm passionate. I'm patient and I'm a hard worker and I'm understanding and empathetic. I am so many things other than being a loud, feisty Latina. And you are too. If you're listening to this, so are you. So I just want to end this before I keep fucking crying, man. I just want to end this with telling you guys that I know it hurts. I know it's frustrating, but this is what they do. If you haven't seen the way history has pit brown against brown for so many years, poor white people against poor black people, the the different um, Asian cultures against each other. If you haven't recognized this pattern, you need to wake up. You need a you need a newsflash. The government, the American government, has been trying to pit minorities against each other forever forever you know why because we are not the minority you guys we are the majority and so if we are too busy fighting with each other about light skin dark skin um chicana mexicana like if we're busy categorizing each other and creating more division within us if we're too busy fighting over who's more mexican and you know who's whatever we'll never take the energy and and invest it into actually fighting the people who are keeping us down. They do this on purpose. They do this to create diversity intentionally because if we're divided, we can't work together. And so I want you to remember that, that before you go on and, you know, accuse people of, you know, things that are hurtful, Lean into educating people. I know it's uncomfortable and I know it feels like a waste of your time because sometimes people are going to say stupid things like um, all Hispanics are the same or what's the big deal? It's not that serious. It's just lip gloss. If you hear people saying things like that, those are words of ignorance, okay? And you are already winning because the fact that you are more enlightened, more educated, more empathetic, that you would never talk to somebody that way says that you're already above. So instead of kicking them down, right? lift them up or leave them alone just keep walking and I had someone once tell me well I'm already busy enough I run a business and this this, and that I have kids what like am I supposed to sit around and read up on every single culture that ever existed so that I don't offend anybody I don't have enough time for that I had someone tell me that before and that was the day that I realized that me and that person were not meant to be connected in the way I thought we were. And so instead of bashing her and saying, you're a piece of shit, I'm going to tell everyone on my podcast that you're an ignorant racist. Like I could have easily done that, but why would I do that? Why would I tear that person down? Instead, I had a very uncomfortable two hour conversation with this person about how that's not acceptable. That's not acceptable to say like you, you don't you're right you no no one is fully all-knowing nobody can say they know everything about every culture nobody ha never has a prejudiced thought in their mind we all 
come with our own presets of what we believe has a lot to do with environment, has a lot to do with our parents. We all have those thoughts, but what's important is that we do not act on them. We do not treat people differently. We do not do things out of malice. We don't say things to hurt people's feelings. We don't say things disregarding people's culture and feelings because someone once told me that the lack of intent does not lessen the impact. Just because you didn't mean to disrespect them, just because it wasn't your intention to hurt their feelings or disrespect them, doesn't mean that they don't have the right to feel disrespected. Doesn't mean that they don't, they're not allowed to feel hurt by what you said. So remember that. Remember that the lack of intent does not lessen the impact. Before you open your mouth about somebody else's culture, before you repeat something, make sure that you're considering other people's feelings, considering their culture. And if you ever happen to do something completely, you know, ignorantly and innocently, and someone educates you that, hey, that's not acceptable, or hey, that's disrespectful to my culture, just apologize and ask questions. Ask how you can avoid doing something like that in the future. Ask how you can, you know, be an advocate for them and make sure that you never do something like that ever again. That's all you can do. All we can do is educate. So no more shaming, no more canceling. Let's just educate and be examples of what we want to see. Okay, that's it. And so I hope that if you didn't know about any of this stuff, you learned a little something. And I hope that if you were really angry and feeling violent and aggressive about these, I hope that I was able to talk some you know, sense and compassion into you. Um, I'm going to go now because I got to open up the store and I've been crying like a baby. (laughs) Thanks guys. Bye.